Wow, these mics are very loud. Um, hello, and welcome to Dame Theory. My name is Sid, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Ren, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Delaney, and my pronouns are also she. Yay! Okay, well, we're back after... I don't know how long I wasn't here for. Back, 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 back again, again, again. <laughs> Dame Theory's back, back, back. Okay, I'm tell done. Oh, yeah, tell your friends. Wow, my internet isn't working. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I will just go uh, through this. It was just like That's okay. So today we are going to start off. Oh, yeah, you're listening to WXJM Harrisonburg. Um, so uh, today we are going to talk about makeup and gender. Uh, and we're going to talk about how activism can be elitist. Uh, what happened to Anonymous? What happened? And happened? yeah, and finally, what's going on with the dapple? With that dapple, that pipeline, that pipeline. Okay. <laughs> um. So I don't know why my internet is not working. Oh, uh, because it's not connected to the right Wi-Fi. Um. Does it always do JMU official event? Mine always. No, mine mine usually does the Wi-Fi. Really? Yeah. I've never been. I've never been connected to it. Okay. Anyways. Um. So, apparently, this link is not found on my computer. Um, ha! And now, it's working. So, this this article is um, from Mike, uh, and it's written by Rachel Rachel Lubitz, and it was written on November 29th, 2016. And the title of the article is Makeup Isn't Suddenly Genderless, It Always Has Been. Um, this article is really interesting because it talks about the new cover girl, the new face of cover girl, which is, what is his name? James Charles. James Charles, James Charles yes. And he is a world's first um, quote unquote cover boy. Um, so exciting. It is very exciting. Yes. Um, and. Uh, and a lot of uh, makeup communities are building their own like genderless makeup kind of deal so that yeah. both or like all genders feel comfortable wearing makeup and using it as part of their self-expression. Um, yeah, and it's so it's so exciting. I've seen so many um, more like male or gender nonconforming um, makeup artists on YouTube and on Instagram, and they're just so much more featured in mainstream media now, and it's so cool yeah um and i think what the article was saying was like media mostly is the reason why makeup is so feminized now yeah i think so um like it used to be for all genders yeah um in egypt it was mostly for like men and a lot of the gods actually are depicted wearing eyeliner um which was made out of like a lot of minerals um you would yeah. have thought they'd have come up with genderless makeup before, considering they're only selling to half of the population. Yeah, it seems like a bad marketing strategy. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, it, the actual article actually talks about how men uh, embracing makeup started to fade away, um, but apparently it has to do with Queen Elizabeth I's rule in England. Um, it was because makeup was deadly for a little while, right? Yeah. And, People were dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, in, yeah, it was, like, mixing vinegar with lead that caused their faces to look so white, which was, like, the... And then it would make them look whiter while they were dying. Yeah, yeah, which was, you know, like, in in Victorian England, like, that's a desired look, was, like, pale, pale skin. So, um, but then everyone realized that everyone was dying, and yeah. So they had to stop <laughs> so makeup for a while, yeah. Um, it's so toxic. So, I thought that was really interesting. And these kinds of articles that really go deep into the history really shows how, like, these ideas are not really modern and how we've always been kind of like not really necessarily like a super. Divided uh, on gender lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Society as a whole in the world. Um, Definitely not in the world. I would say Western society, we have a pretty long history of forcing women to do our bidding. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely true. Egypt, a lot of Eastern cultures, I think they have a lot more 
of an open history. Modern times, it's debatable, but in the yeah. in the past. Yeah. Um. So the article talks about how like makeup started coming back in the 20th century. I remember when I was in like elementary and middle school like guys emo guys wearing eyeliner was yeah, like really was strange to me yeah that was a thing and everyone was like oh guy liner because you can't call it <laughs> eyeliner yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> if guys wear makeup it's different yeah and now i i'm now i think about it, i'm like that was so dumb <laughs> some but, people still say it yeah some guy people do, do still say it and i'm like it's the exact same thing. Why it's you? like man buns. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's, man it's a bun. bun. It's a bun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bun. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What if they don't even identify as a man? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, and, like, because I have short hair also, like, you know, the sides are short and the uh -huh. top is long. Like, sometimes if I have a bun, like, people are like, oh, I like your man bun. And I'm like, but I'm not a dude. <laughs> 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 That's so weird. Yeah, it's so strange. Um, um, I thought it was really interesting what you were saying about um, how they're kind of missing out on half of their potential market by just marketing to women. Yeah. And it's like, I wonder why they do that. Um and I, I thought maybe it would it has something to do with like how society is kind of configured to like make women feel bad about themselves in order to buy products. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, for men, it's all about like you're good just the way you are and like dad bods and what you know like dad you yeah. can look however you want. Yeah. Well, also, um, well, like actually, like re in more modern times, like body dysmorphia is like more prevalent no, yeah, in totally. in men, and like the ideals of toxic masculinity, where like you have to be extremely masculine yeah. or like really enforced yeah. as well. So it's just like this whole society of like strictly enforcing like really rigid gender stereotypes for yeah. people on, on both sides. I think. And it's weird that that never happened. Before. Yeah. I feel like maybe the companies like feared backlash. Yeah. Maybe. That's probably. It's only only recently that yeah. we've been America as a whole has yeah. been really open to like non-gender performative or neutral gender performance rather. Yeah. Right. And the the article talks about how like it when makeup came back in the twentieth century. Um, it was, like, mostly, like, people on the fringes or very famous people who were, like, quote-unquote allowed to do it. Like, right. David Bowie was really, you know, into makeup. Right. Um, and then, like... Um, the hair bands of the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. But and I guess they don't really... Like, they don't, quote-unquote, like, count because yeah. they're performers. Yeah. And right, and so everyone's people, like, it's just the theatrics. Yeah, yeah. and then, yeah. like, if you were in everyday life, people Boy, would... so cute. Uh, yeah, associated... <laughs> yeah. yeah. They associated um, makeup with homosexuality, which yeah. is, you know, in our society deemed as negative. Not dude. Yeah. Well, it's getting better. It's getting way better. But that's why I think having a cover boy is, like, really timely because cultural attitudes have shifted so dramatically over like the last five ten years absolutely yeah it's totally time for him yeah and the fact that now it's like extremely mainstream like so mainstream that a major major makeup line can have a male as the face of their company is really cool mm -hmm. um it's progress yeah it's progress from the thousand steps back we took. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary. It's cool, though, that, that companies and the world is still making progress regardless of things that have happened in yeah. the political sphere. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, back then it wasn't, like, makeup. In, in like, ancient Egypt, makeup and eyeliner wasn't, like, a a beauty thing. It wasn't an aesthetics thing. Like, they says they say in the article that it talks, like, it was used to prevent eye infections. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I've heard it was used to prevent, like, the sun reflecting yeah. directly into your eyes and yeah. having eye damage. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like... And then it was the, a necessity, yeah. Yeah, and then the fact that, like, over time we've so highly feminized it that it's become, like, almost a negative thing right. sometimes. So, it's so strange. Um... Anyone anyone have anything else to say? Well, no. <laughs> no? All right. Well, it's 7-Eleven. 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 So we can go. And my pronouns are she, her. I'm Delaney. My pronouns are also she, her. I'm Ren. My pronouns are she, her. Nice. Wow. Double introduction. Wow, wow, wow. Um, and today we just talked about how makeup is 
has always been genderless. Um, I love it. And now we are back with back. 10 ways your social justice work might be inaccessible and elitist and why that's a problem. So this comes <laughs> from Everyday Feminism, which obviously is a feminist news source. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> um, and this is written by uh, Hari Ziyad. I'm sorry if I mispronounce that. Um, on May 8th, 2016. Um, this article talks about how um, activism can be really elitist and why it's not good for it to be elitist. Obviously, if we're working for social justice, we shouldn't be elitist, you know? Yeah. Um, so some of the ways that um, they, they talked about were the first one is punching down more than punching up. So I think this is really the difference between, like, calling out and calling in. Yeah. Um, Calling in and calling out are, are a little bit different, and, like, I think I have a little bit of an issue with this one just because, like, I believe in calling out, calling people out. Like, yeah. I'm not going to, you know, just sit there if someone did something really bad. I think bad. it's not so much the fact they're not calling for you to not call people out, but rather, uh -huh. like, if you're calling people out, are you only calling out people who are already marginalized, or mm -hmm. are you calling out people in positions of power? Because if you're only doing one and not the other... True. Then you're yeah. just like maintaining. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. And I also think that um, your style of confrontation can be um, really crucial in the way that people react to you calling them out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I just like um, it, it talks about calling out versus calling in and like calling in is more of like of like being really nice about it. I feel like. Yeah. Um, and like that's nice if you have the like patience and like this person has like been polite back to you but like that's not always the case I feel like right um yeah I think that it's definitely a good strategy if somebody is genuinely trying their best to be socially correct and they yeah. make a mistake mm -hmm. then absolutely be polite but if they're actively trying to work against some kind of good that you're doing yeah then there's the opportunity to call them out yeah. Um, the second one is only acknowledging the work of those with stature, which is really important because uh, if you are praising the elite and not praising the work of, you know, the the working class or whatever, then you are Feeding perpetuating elitism. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then there's like this. These people who I'm not saying they're not activists, but they're definitely not living the same life as the people who. If you have an academic background, you already have a level of privilege that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Then that goes into the second one, using academic language when no one understands it. I have major issues with this. Yeah, same. I definitely do that all the time. And, yeah. like, people sometimes don't understand me. And the thing is, like, a lot of people are, like, scared to ask. Yeah, totally. And I think that the language you can use can absolutely alienate people mm -hmm. from the ideas that you're trying to convey. Because often the ideas of activism are really simple mm -hmm. it's just matters of human rights but if you use really big words then people can feel like it's inaccessible yeah um so another thing that they talk about is immediately using newly learned concepts to criticize others um this is something that like i really try not to do and i think i'm pretty good at it but i feel like i might do it sometimes but like Sometimes I, like, learn a concept and I'm like, oh, like, everything makes sense now. Yeah. But um, it can get to a point where I learn something and I don't agree with it at first. And yeah. so I have to take a lot of time to do more research on my own in order to utilize this in my, in my arguments and my conversations with people about social justice. So is this one saying, like, like... Criticizing people based on ideas that they may not have come across yet. Is um, that what they're saying? I think it's a combination of that. And then also, if you just learned it, how full is your understanding? Yeah. If you yeah, learned it yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you haven't had any experience with the nuances. And yeah. so I can't really think of a good example. But for, It's just like your yeah. theory is like half-baked and you can't fully yeah. defend yeah. it. Yeah. Like someone who is like, oh... Well, it's like, stop using academic language. Yeah. And we just learned that today. And then tomorrow I turn around and I'm like, why you need to use more simple words. You need to not use marginalized or yeah. um, heteronormative or like these sort of big yeah. words. But this person is like, I'm writing 
A, I'm writing an academic paper, or, like, B, these are the best terms I'm using to describe it, or, yeah. like, C, right. like, do you have other words to propose as yeah. alternatives? Right. Because you really have not thought about this at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's true. Yeah. Uh, I really like number five. Yeah, I is, was going to say that um, too. rarely mentioning class and disability. Uh, I really have a, I really struggle with um, remembering to mention disability in my talks and stuff like that because yeah. it's just not something I really think about too often because I don't really have. I don't experience it. Yeah, myself. I don't experience yeah. it myself and I don't know people many people who experience it themselves either and it just is like in the back of my mind but I really really am trying to work on mentioning it more I definitely mention class a lot yeah but I think disability is the one that I struggle with more yeah and I think both of those are so so important because they're not often talked about it's the same with like men's issues Mm -hmm. like they're not as often talked about um but they're so important because the people within those groups feel so marginalized and unheard, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Class is huge. Yeah. Class- and even, like, a, lo- a lot of, it, like, safer spaces and inclusive spaces will, like, sometimes forget about ability. And, like, yeah. Um, yeah. that's really important because people who are differently abled deserve to experience the same things as us if we are able to accommodate. Okay, actually, I'm going to... You just said differently abled, and uh-huh. that's part of the problem with talking about disability. Uh-huh. There's no consistent language. Yeah. That's and so this true. is something... Because I've struggled. I currently have a knee injury. My older brother is um, special needs, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've like dealt with a lot of disability and disability mm-hmm. activism, mm-hmm. and there is a consistent lack of like unified language yeah and part of the problem yeah. with that is is because as soon as they come up with new terms like handicapped disabled the r slur used to be mm. an official term people turn them into slurs people turn them into um insults and yeah that's so true bandy them about without actual regard for what yeah they i mean. i remember having a uh so i i used to volunteer with deep impact which is a diversity education empowerment program here at um JMU and I uh, we led a discussion and um, a dialogue on disability and there was so much different language being tossed about about whether to use disabled differently abled or whether to use it any language about it at all and this was coming from like experts yeah like people there's a whole discussion of whether we should be saying people first or disability first so saying i am a person with a knee injury or mm-hmm. i am a injured person yeah yeah and or expanding like, that to uh like i am a mentally handicapped person or i am a person with a mental handicap yeah yeah and on one hand people first language is good because you're focusing on people but on the sec on the other hand it's like for a lot of people their disability is part of who they are yeah. especially like um people with autism yeah they have never lived a life where they weren't autistic yeah. and so to them it is an integral part of their character and their personality true so to say i am a person with autism isn't very representative for them yeah. they're like i'm an autistic person yeah. so it really is so personal and you can't find a universal solution yeah and that's part of why i think it's hard for people to talk about yeah and i th- i like remember I was talking and saying, like, oh, I guess it depends on the person. Yeah. Like, ask the person how they would prefer. Yeah. To yeah, be, a lot of people don't prefer yeah. the word disability. To yeah. And so, handicap. like, yeah. And, and so that's why I try and say, like, differently abled, because I I remember from our the dialogue I had, like, people don't like the word, like, this. Like, they're right, not able yeah. to do anything. Yeah. But it really, right. it really depends on the person. And yeah, and some people are like, no, I am disabled. Yeah, I cannot I, do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's really difficult, but um and like if someone says, Oh, I I prefer this language, I definitely will use it mm-hmm. and like right. make an effort to, but it's so hard to know right off the bat. Yeah. Especially like, well, you can't even tell if people disability is not visible in the oh, way yeah. that races. If it's right. yeah, if it's an invisible or disability. Even class. Yeah, like and like you can't even unless you like know that they have you know this mm-hmm. thing then like you can't ask right yeah um, it's like a weird thing to ask about. Yeah, yeah yeah it's so i mean like it's so hard to talk about but i try and like address it as much as yeah. i can like through the safer spaces website like i've tried to like 
list accessibility about yeah. like each venue like oh I really is this appreciated one that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah like is this does this place have stairs or does it have ramps can you access it with like through the stairs like how many stairs are there are there a lot or are there a little right. um yeah and um but like that's the only thing i really think about when i when i think about that stuff like i don't think about like i i realize i didn't put like oh can you ask for a chair if you need one oh, yeah. um and like well even yeah, not even that it's like who do you ask yeah who do you ask like well the thing with it with my side is like i think the um responsibility is like left to the individual booker because that uh-huh. way like the one person is responsible instead of like yeah. having like a whole house that might not even be there for the show yeah you know yeah, <laughs> um which which happens honestly sometimes <laughs> Crayola, I, for a while i had to walk all the way around because the stairs were so scary oh yeah oh, no. yeah around yeah. To the back yeah oh. like the the stairs in the from the top they're, like they're are rickety. really yeah, yeah they're, they're really, rickety they're not stable really sketch. they're one and person they're, wide and yeah. they're steeper than normal stairs i yeah. think yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's really sketch but it's it's the show scene i guess i mean so. i appreciate it on one hand and then on the it's like fun but then i tore my acl and i was like this isn't fun anymore yeah right, yeah. yeah but i do yeah. remember someone got you a chair for that yeah show. erica and judy set me yeah. up a chair at a show and that was really nice it was really yeah. nice because um i can now but i couldn't really stand up for more than about 20 minutes yeah, yeah. um and when we talk about when i talk about class i try and mention it and like everything because and i think i'm hyper aware of it because i do come from like um like a more privileged Mm -hmm. uh, background regarding class and socioeconomic status um and um i really i'm like hyper conscious of it and i try and like think about it yeah Yeah. and i think about it in like every single situation like even when i talk about being vegetarian (laughs) i'm always like i'm always like yeah but like a lot of people don't have access to like fresh food and like fresh vegetables and so like it's elitist to to shame people for not yeah for not being vegan or vegetarian because like some people really just can't afford that yeah and like meat is super calorie dense so if you're on a budget you're gonna want to lean towards beans and meat yeah and like like some people can't even afford to buy like actual meat like they only live in places that have like 7-elevens yeah and fast food places right. and that's it yeah. so they're called food deserts actually Ooh. yeah that sounds horrible yeah so it's really it's really sad yeah it's not not a great time um yeah uh number six i really try and work on but it's just so hard for me because i don't have that much time but um spending little time engaging with the communities your work is intended to serve yeah um so i think this one also may be a little bit elitist like in and of itself because if you don't have time because you're working you know right you can't have time to go to protests or you can't have time to go reach out in the community because you have to work or take care of kids or do whatever your life requires yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely, it's something for um, people who are a little higher class. But if you can do it and you don't do it, yeah, I think that that's the issue that they're talking about. Yeah, and and um, what they what they say is with regular without regularly engaging in, with all of these affected by our work, it's easy to patronize and miss when the needs of the communities evolve. Totally. So that's super important. Well, see, you're saying like you don't have time to go to protests, but I think what this article is really saying is not necessarily going to protest but just like including people from those communities in your discussions so if you're going to have Mm. a facebook discussion about um black lives matter and it's black lives matter yeah Yeah. exactly or domestic violence and none of you have ever been abused you know what i mean like yeah you have to have people from those groups in order to have accurate otherwise you're just like Kind of, it's kind of patronizing. You're just like prescribing them, like, oh, this is what's best for you, and you're not yeah. actually getting any input from people within mm. the community. Yeah, and how can you actually know what their needs are and what yeah, they need if you're not asking in them. order to feel supported? So I don't think necessarily you have to go to protests or anything, because again, that's like you said, it's pretty elitist to have free time, right, to uh, do advocacy work yeah. in the community. But as long as you're trying and you're including people, I think just yeah. just keep trying, guys. We can do this. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. It's 7:28, so we're going to do Oh man. Some we're gonna skip promos. What? That's okay. We can come back to them or not. Yeah, we can do that one. Promos. Promos. So, what have we got going on this week at the Pony? Let me check on my computer once it loads. <laughs>
Um, okay, so we're back yeah. with Dame Theory. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about what the heck happened with Anonymous. What the heck? What the heck? What the heck? So pretty much Anonymous declared, this article was uh, written by Vice, um, and this is in their hacktivism section, uh, and it was written by David Gilbert on November 28th, 2016. Um, Vice actually has a really great um, documentary series um on like call, called cyber war on like hacking oh um, yeah so vice is good at like certain things yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they have like really good documentary things yeah. but like some of their stuff i'm just like what are you doing vice like what are you actually talking about vice is a little hectic yeah, yeah. a little bit just a little bit it's, it's okay. um so uh basically uh anonymous declared pretty much war on donald trump back in march and then nothing happened and they just didn't do anything um and this article like addresses that and like the cycle of anonymous pretty much um and anonymous is not really an uh, like a group it's not yeah it's It's, not a collective it's not a collective yeah like they they have no zero structure within itself together yeah and it's just like anyone who does anything hacking and wants to declare it as something done for anonymous can do can do so you know um and they don't have any like oh this is what you need to do to join anonymous this is like our structure this is what you can and can't say subgroups yeah there's subgroups like lulsec which they just do stuff for a quote unquote the lulz mm-hmm. um so they just do a lot of like internet trolling and stuff like that um i don't think there's any like leadership though not really there's like a, like prominent members who do more stuff yeah, and than others yeah. like organizing events they have people who step up and are basically like and organizers yeah. But yeah they're not really in charge of anything other than just like hey guys we're gonna meet at 4 p.m here or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> this article talks about um it's like anonymous is like how they first started and like their first big thing which was um their campaign against the church of scientology with like the with what's his name that guy who is tom cruise Cruise. yeah um with like um his his weird videos on the internet about well yeah what it was was he did a video promoting scientology and basically it got leaked online it was only supposed to be circulated within the church to recruit new members and it got leaked online, and it was hilarious because yeah. it's the weirdest video <laughs> it's ever. It's so strange. It's so weird. Yeah. And um, Scientology was, like, sending people cease and desist and trying to get it taken off the internet, like, wiped from the internet. Yeah. And Anonymous was like, this nope. is censoring. Yeah. You can't do this. We hate Scientology. So yeah. <laughs> it became, like, a crux of their hate for Scientology yeah. because they were trying to, like, and quote, censor the web. Yeah, so they, so they put it everywhere? became... Yeah, they yeah. became, like, super prominent and, like, came out from the under underbelly of the internet, essentially. Um, and... Uh, they've also done some really good activism work. I haven't... I didn't know about all that. Stuff. Oh, yeah, they've, they've done a lot of, like, they really cool... I think yeah, so yeah. Cool. They've helped with a lot of cool stuff, but, like, they're very controversial because they just believe in, like... Their, their beliefs are not really set. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I think the, the <laughs> thing that overlays, like, all of these different like both positive and negative activism Mm -hmm. the only common thread is that they want to like spread information as best as possible using the internet like that's like their only real yeah like mission mission yeah Yeah, that's like the closest thing they're gonna have to a mission statement is they just want everyone to have free and equal access to information so like arab spring they helped the country stay online and disseminate information Mm-hmm. Um, they hacked a football sports site in order to uncover the Steubenville rape. Um, yeah. They helped Islamic State Twitter accounts. Oh, this one's actually kind of opposite. They got Islamic State Twitter accounts suspended, which is kind of the opposite of what I'd imagine. But yeah, they spread information about Mike Brown's shooting. Um, at Ferguson, yeah. Yeah, in Ferguson. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting because uh, this article just talks about how they're probably just not going to do anything about yeah. Trump. Um, and, and there's a question as to whether the person who declared war on Trump was actually part of Anonymous at all. Yeah, and the thing is, um, it created a lot of tension between Anonymous because Anonymous just believes in the right to equal access to information throughout the internet. Yeah. Um, there were some people who supported Trump within Anonymous and people who are extremely against Trump uh, within anonymous so it created this huge divide like 
the way that it it would between like you know family members or whatever like it's just awkward to talk about people don't want to talk about it and then these people don't even know each other in real life so they're just obviously not gonna try and like spend time with each other if necessary so um anonymous someone randomly just said you know anonymous is after donald trump and then nothing happened because no one could decide on whether they actually like donald trump or hated donald trump yeah and like yeah and who would do it and what they would do especially because i think a large base of anonymous is core group tend to lean libertarian yeah and so by default they're kind of like well trump aligns a lot with my views of small government yeah that kind of stuff but on the other hand he's a really terrible person yeah Yeah. so i think it was just really polarizing for the group and it was and i hope anonymous comes back because i think they've done you know this is just me i think they've done like a lot of good work and like yeah and especially because anonymous means like nothing pretty much yeah like if people can get together to expose um falsehoods and like uncover hidden things on the internet like yeah i'm all about that oh yeah i'm all about the dissemination of information yeah same and i i think um they've helped a lot like they are such a prominent hacking group that has done a lot to uh uncover information that should have been released to the public either way um and they've stood for a lot of really great causes and in the end i you know i may regret saying this at some point but (laughs) you know i hope they come back yeah i think overall they have had a positive impact impact. i mean there's definitely and like we said because it doesn't mean anything there's definitely fringe members who are out there like harassing people under the name of anonymous yeah and especially because there's no way to just join anonymous like you just say oh i'm anonymous i have a guy fox mask yeah i have a guy fox mask i'm anonymous you know and i think that can happen with any kind of activism group though like, there can be a minority yeah. of people who are doing things that the group doesn't stand for. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that Anonymous stands for hate crimes at all. No, like, I, I don't think, think so. Yeah. The, I don't think so the either. They, they like, sometimes just do stuff because they want yeah. to. And, like, they think things are classist. Like, their uh, 50 Days of Lulz, they just did a bunch of DDoS attacks, which is a uh, disruption of, what is it? Uh, denial of service. Yeah, denial of service. It's basically like, like you overload their server by trying to access their website. Like, thousands, know, many times yeah, as many, possible. Yeah. They, do, they use bots to do it. So yeah. the servers get overloaded and the websites fail. Yeah, so. Just for jokes. Yeah, just just for funsies. You and know? honestly, people, <laughs> yeah. DDoS attacks are not great, but they're also like super innocuous. Like, yeah, they're not harmful. They don't yeah. really do anything. It's not great when people do DDoS attacks on important websites and. Um, that's what happened to the government healthcare website when it opened up. It accidentally got DDoSed because they didn't um, test how many people would get yeah, on yeah. it. So, <laughs> yeah. so many people logged in at one time that the website failed. The so servers, that was bad. Yeah, yeah but the if servers you're like, didn't have a high enough capacity. Yeah. yeah. If you're like shutting down NeimanMarcus.com because you hate you capitalism, like whatever. Yeah. yeah. Marcus will survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure. I actually like listen to random side note i i was listening to the i love freakonomics yeah i was listening to one of the freakonomics podcasts i think this is an old one but it was like do boycotts actually work um and i mean like not really (laughs) i mean like they like the media attention if it's a big enough boycott may affect the, the organization but as a whole boycotts on certain things aren't really they don't really work also, it's so hard to actually, like, get a huge group of people to actually boycott something. Yeah, get it, enough yeah. people to do it. Well, it's like people were saying for um, the Dakota Access Pipeline, like, these are the banks that are supporting yeah. the company. And it's like, I mean, Yeah, I, I was like, I don't have time to take all my money out of a bank and go start a new account. Like, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not even time. It's just like, I don't, A, I don't know how. B, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like, know how. I'm so tied up in Wells Fargo that I have, like, three or four accounts, so switching all of that to a different bank would be a nightmare. Yeah, right? also, like... And who's to say that I, it has impact? Yeah, yeah. I, I say this... I, I said this, like, a lot, and I was like, oh, we should all try and, like, not use PayPal anymore because... Oh, yeah. 
Because PayPal, like the dude donated like two point yeah, five million dollars. Yeah, and I agree that we should try not to. We should try not to, but it's so, so hard. So many websites yeah. have only PayPal. Yeah. So as and like even the like the Standing no Rock camp, like the Osetti Sakowin camp, like the their like direct link to donate was to PayPal. Yeah. And so like I mean I'm not gonna not donate because you know <laughs> yeah. because yeah. it's linked to PayPal. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. It's, there's no other options. Yeah, that's it's the same say. with Venmo, right? Yeah, Venmo, Venmo is owned by PayPal. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, and so like, there's um, just no alternative to Venmo. Yeah. Yeah. There Sometimes. is, but I think they're a lot sketchier. Yeah. Yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> there's like Snapcash, like you can send money. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't like that. You can send money through Facebook yeah? too. Oh, really? Yeah, through Facebook Messenger. That feels weird. Yeah, oh I know. God. I don't like, I don't like the idea of Snapcash because I saw on some weird Facebook group one time that this girl, like some dude, matched with her on Tinder, and he was like, "I'll send you ten dollars per selfie," and oh. she sent him two selfies, and he sent her twenty dollars through Snapcash. Um, <laughs> I'm about to get on that market. Now. I'm into this. <laughs> I have at least a hundred selfies. If anyone, yeah, if anyone's interested in my selfies, yeah, eleven dollars. Eleven. <laughs> We're gonna up if, the market. Yeah. If We're anyone wants to pay to pet my cat <laughs> i'll send you snapchats of my cat yeah i'll send you yeah i'll send you yeah. a snapchat of my cat uh i will take a hundred dollars per s- snapchat <laughs> Snap? wow yeah this um, is capitalism in action right it now. is yeah. um yeah we should probably stop talking about this i don't know if this is like okay to talk about on air honestly oh, man. um all right let's go into some weather also did you guys know that like do you guys have iphones yeah i just oh i just found out that you can delete like the weather app and like really? the stocks app and stuff now like oh, on the new update yeah on the new update oh. and like I, I deleted it except for i deleted my apple music and then i didn't realize it would mess with like my music playing in my car so i couldn't oh, no. play music in my car can you reinstall it yeah i reinstalled yeah, okay. it yeah um okay so right now it's 44 degrees but it feels like 39 it's frigid it's frigid it was pretty um, nice today though it was so nice the during the day mm-hmm. um and the high was 55 so it was really nice low is 33 um tomorrow is going to be much cooler and it's gonna rain all day yeah, tomorrow um it's gonna be like okay you know what i really hate is like really cold rain like it should just be snow yeah, that's so true. Yeah, because, like, if it's going to be this cold and this wet, like, I'd rather just be yeah. snow. It's freezing and it's, like, there's wind. Yeah, and, and so there's, bad. like, water and yeah. I'm we wet. Have, like, it's soaking. Huh? My printmaking professor emailed everybody and was like, class might get canceled on Tuesday, so be prepared. Oh. Because if it ices up really bad, especially morning classes might get affected. Oh, I don't well, think it, the low is not even freezing, so. Well, I think overnight it's freezing, so if oh, it okay. rains in the night, and yeah, it's, oh, actually it's 33. No, it's like, it's at 33. This was like two days ago, so the weather was oh, like oh, 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 okay, yeah. But it will be raining yesterday, I mean, not yesterday, tomorrow. <laughs> it, it, it will be, be raining, raining yesterday. Reveals herself as a time traveler. Yes. Okay. Time travel to yesterday. Yeah. I used to do that thing where, like, you, uh, there's, like, this place where you could, like, post your status updates from, you know how it says, like, from this device or whatever? Like, you could post it from other stuff and it said, like, like, time machine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to do that all the time. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I'm going way off topic. I'm so sorry. Uh, so, now, speaking of PayPal and Dapple and Dapple water protectors, Dapple update. Do you want to fill us in, Ren? Dapple update. Um, so, there's been a lot happening. It's kind of not really clear entirely what's going on or what's going to happen, but yeah. um, the article is not working right now. But basically, Obama... The Obama administration has denied Denied. easement for the Dakota Access Pipeline stopping construction. And basically that means that they're going to, theoretically, they're going to do a reassessment of the viability of the land, the environmental impact, that kind of stuff, before they move forward with any more construction. What's actually kind of happening is basically the the pipeline company, um, they're called like Energy Partners something, um, they were like, listen, we're going to keep building it and then we'll know it's illegal. And when Trump is in office, we'll just pay the fines. Yeah. Like uh, you guys can't really do anything to stop yeah. us. And it's like. <sighs> that's yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, you can't 
there's nothing to do. I mean, like, these people are protesting and they're protesting, but they're in North Dakota and it's close to freezing here. Yeah. And their yeah. temperatures for the upcoming week in the area of the Standing Rock camp is, like, sub-zero highs of single digits and lows of sub-zero temperatures. And they've already been, you know, sprayed with water cannons. They're, they're spending all night out there. It's right. not healthy or safe for the protesters. And... Um, Yeah, it's very scary. And then the other article I had was... Okay, so going back. (laughs) The first article I was talking about was valleynewslive.com. It is called Updated Breaking. President Barack Obama denies easement for the Dakota Access Pipeline stopping construction. It was written by Chris Berg on December 4th. And the other article I had was people are treating the DAPL protests like Burning Man... Standing Rock has reportedly been overrun with white demonstrators trying to soak up the, quote, Uh. cultural experience. This was written 10 days ago by Dominique Sisley. And basically, it's about what the the headline said. So these protesters are literally putting their life on the line in order to protect their right to water. And these people are showing up and not following the rules of the camp. And um, it is a religious community because... They are religious people and they're spiritual and they have certain rules about how and when you should enter different teepees and how you would address people. And they asked, like, all women who come to the camp should wear skirts because that's part of their um, culture and their tradition. And, like, we want you to respect the land that you're on currently. Yeah. And people are just not following that. They're, like, showing up and they're, you know imbibing <laughs> yeah and like it's just really and i saw a post about how it was from a native woman at oseti sakwin who was talking about how like all these white women came in and were basically saying like we're like not letting the elder men perform their duties because they said that they're being like sexist and like <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's like can. their tradition and like they're defending their their land and like yeah. if you are going to be there like please just yeah and it's yeah. like let them address their own community issues whether it's sexist or not is up to the members of that community yeah right, exactly and not you as a white woman yeah. coming in from the outside yeah you can't tell and people that they're being oppressed yeah, yeah. and like trying to like <laughs> yeah. have a prayer circle with a woman and then not allow them to pray to their own god yeah. But, like, you know, and that's just really, you know, uh, I don't like that. Yeah. So it's also he, uh, saying, oh, I'm sorry. You can go. Um, it's also saying that they're taking advantage of the donations that people have been sending in yeah. for the cause, which is very worrisome, as well as, like, living off of the generosity of the Native people. So they brought no supplies or no yeah. nothing for themselves. Yeah. They're just living off Honestly, of like, I, that's why I thought it was a better idea to, like, go through Amazon or something and just buy off their wish list yeah. that they had on Black yeah. Friday, which I think is still up, by the way. So um, um, they, they actually have a list of rules. No drugs or alcohol. This is not Burning Man. You are not on vacation, so please help out. Carry something, cook something, or clean something. Realize that you are not going to save the day. Like, you individually are not a hero. So don't act like you're a great person for showing up to a protest. Um, Nobody wants to hear your songs with your guitar or drummer on the fire. Unless you've been asked to perform, don't do it. Think about how you would conduct yourself in church or a ceremony space. Um, and then talk to elders because they are pillars of the community and getting to know them has been one of the most rewarding experiences of my time. So basically, yeah, people who are there need to pay attention to the actual voices. That's actually ties back into our elitist article, yeah, mm-hmm, paying attention totally. to the voices of the community. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is actually this Dallas Goldtooth, who is a um, who's a native person, a prominent native person on uh, at Standing Rock who has been updating people on what on the situation there via uh, their Facebook um, has this whole long post about like what happened um, about the uh, Army Corps easement. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, it's great. Like drilling is stopped theoretically and they have to get an environmental impact study, which is you know cool but i mean those don't take super long and if they get this environmental impact study and i mean like a lot of time these environmental impact studies are done by like i don't know third party contractors who are biased and uh they can be like oh well we did what you wanted and we can still do it because there's no threat according to this environmental impact study so we're gonna do it um 
which is so frustrating because I think a lot of those studies are conducted on the idea that the pipeline will never fail. Yeah. And the um, the company that's putting up the Dakota Access Pipeline has had the most pipeline failure of any oil company. Yeah. Um, they've had 28 failures this year. Actually. Yeah. And um, the reason, and actually the reason why the Dakota Access Pipeline is the route where it's going is because it was supposed to be higher up in North Dakota or further north um, near Bismarck, which is a big city where uh, lots of white people live. (laughs) And uh, they said, no, they didn't want this pipeline because they were afraid it would contaminate their water supply. So uh, they decided to move it through native lands and through um, areas or like uh, through native areas that have been like... Uh, I don't know what it's called, but, like, there's a treaty with the U.S. where they cannot use these lands. Like, even though it's not strictly on their reserve, there's, like, um, uh, yeah, it's a sacred land. Yeah. Um, And they're still going through it and drilling through it, which is just ridiculous. So it's a class issue. Yes. Mm, Um, So many issues intersect in the Dakota Access Pipeline. Yeah. um, Um, That's so frustrating, though. Yeah, the pipeline was supposed to go north of Bismarck, but now it's north of Standing Rock. Um, and I think the actually like the um, yeah, the U.S. Army Corps engineers rule the pipeline poses a risk to Bismarck's municipal water supply, so they move it close, extremely close. Um, it is within a half mile of the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation, crossing beneath the Missouri River, which is it literally goes underneath their water supply. Yeah, yeah which is the main supply for their encampment, and it yeah. already is going under the. Um, Des Moines River in Iowa. Yeah. And uh, it crosses treaty lands. That's what I said before. Um, But honestly, like the reason why pipelines are such a big deal and the reason why it is it can contaminate the water supply is because pipelines have been known to fail they've been known to break and um leak toxins into the water supply there are i don't remember where it was but i uh uh for my environmental uh AP environmental science class in high school, we had to watch this documentary called Gasland about uh, pipelines and natural gas and how it uh, is really terrible for the environment, actually. And like we're relying on fossil fuels so much um, instead of trying to invest in green energy. And um, yeah, and we're spending this is blowing my mind. This company is spending literally billions of dollars to put this pipeline in. And it's like, couldn't you guys be putting this money towards not gas yeah yeah um they <laughs> honestly and um uh and the method, they're the, um, oh, sorry. oh go ahead um the the method that they use for a lot of these pipelines and a lot of this oil um production is fracking yeah which um has horrible environmental impact yeah. not only like because it's destroying forests and things like that but also because it employs a method where they take out the oil and it's partially oil and partially water Mm -hmm. and then they pump the water that's remaining back into the land Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of places in america who that had never experienced earthquakes before and Uh, are now experiencing like in the midwest are experiencing major earthquakes because they've been doing this yeah it it messes with the uh tectonic plates they're literally removing parts of the ground yeah like it's going to shift the things on top of that ground and and so um in this documentary, we saw residents of these communities who were affected by pipelines uh, and fracking. Um, they would turn their faucet on, and they were they were able to light their tap water on yeah, fire. Um, and it's that's frightening. That's like the uh, Flint, Michigan is yeah, still like that. Flint, Michigan has not had water it's for like a full years. year. Yeah. yeah, four years really? No, for a full year, a over full a full year. year. Okay, yeah, was, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, over a full year, they have not had clean water. They need to rely on on water bottle packs um and their these, children are already is, showing signs of lead uh, well yeah and also in their it, yeah, yeah in their in their like dirt there's been like extremely high amounts of lead found yeah. yeah um and the thing is like the connection between these two are that these are societies of marginalized people right. uh where they've been ignored for years and it, even now in the wake of protests and all this stuff they're still being ignored yeah and it's like i love protests but in the end they're not going to do anything if the government continues to ignore them yeah Yeah. like um yeah and i and flint michigan if people are unaware is mostly black people and uh 
uh, people of lower, yeah, oh, less affluent people of so lower socioeconomic people status. People in Flint, you might be wondering, like, why can't people in Flint just move out? Because they are no longer allowed to sell their house if their drinking water or their tap water has been shown to have lead in it. That's like, it what makes the it, heck? It, oh makes it, a, it is illegal for you to sell your house if there is lead contaminants in your water and you don't pay to fix it. And they oh can't gosh. pay to fix it because it is not it's the a, house's infrastructure. Of, yeah. It is the infrastructure of the city. I, I thought also it was just because, like, they could, like, how how are they supposed to find jobs in the wake of them not yeah. being able to even afford, like, have water, yeah, clean water? Yeah, and then, water. like, moving Absolutely. and selling your house. Who's going to buy your house in Flint, Michigan now that yeah. everyone knows the drinking water is contaminated? Yeah. So these people yeah. are, like, literally stranded there. There's yeah. nowhere for them to go. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's Yeah. Yeah. So the comparisons between... Uh, uh, Standing Rock and Flint are very stark. I hope that we are able to resolve the problems in Standing Rock quicker than we have we have not been able to, I guess, because there's still no resolve in Flint, Michigan. Um, yeah. So if you can uh, and if you are able to uh, and if you want to um, donate to the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. You can donate to the Osseti Sakowin camp online. They also have a uh, Amazon wish list up that you can buy supplies for them through, um, and it'll ship automatically to their camp. Um, and if you can also, and if you want to, you can donate to um, the Flint, Michigan crisis. Um, and a big way to do that is to donate water bottles, buy water bottles, or um, just donate money so that they can buy water bottles. Yep. Nice. Also, contact legislatures. Legislators, yeah, especially yeah. if you live in Michigan or North Dakota, I think that's a really good way that you yeah. can help out. Yeah, yeah. if you have time and yeah, if you yeah. want to. Um, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Dame Theory. Thanks for tuning in. Hope we you will. Loved it. Yes, we will. Hopefully, maybe see you next week. I don't know. It's finals week. Is finals it? week. Yeah. So maybe. Well, maybe. I don't have anything on Tuesday, so I should be able to. I do it. have an exam on Tuesday, but like. I only have one exam. Yeah. yeah. Is it like in the daytime too? Yeah. Uh, you're good. Yeah. Maybe do it. Yeah. I have I have two exams. I'm just complaining about this. I have two <laughs> exams. One is in the middle of the week, which is like fine, whatever daytime, one thirty on uh, Wednesday, and then the second one is eight a.m. on Friday. Oh, so I have to oh. stay all week. Just to wait. Do, do one. they have Friday? I didn't know they yeah. had Friday exams. Well, because I'm in exams on Friday. 8 a.m. No and 10 way. Because I'm in a bunch of studio classes, they don't fit oh. in the traditional exam schedule where it's like oh, if your class is yeah, yeah. here, it's then. Yeah. yeah. So the professors are, can make their own. It's well, it's not even that. It's like they have a different it's chart not they the go block. on to. Yeah. Oh. It's not for like an hour like and 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And there's like a chart that says like if your class is from 9.30 to 10.30, your exam is in. If your class is from 10.30 to 11.30, your exam is in. Yeah. And they, it just straight up doesn't say on it. My classes are from 10.45 to 1.15 and then one thirty be to 4 30 yeah so uh, it's like not on the proper exam schedule and then yeah. there's like a separate exam schedule that's like hey we hate you have an 8 a.m exam for your class that's 10 45 oh, no. i have i have like two essays and then i have to sit in for an exam for a class that i ta for so oh, no. it's like not even and it's like a makeup class so i just like have to sit there pretty much and clean Is that up fun or not fun i don't know i mean it's it's fun i like my students i just hate just sitting there yeah, I mean, like, I, I just, like, sit there and, like, if they have questions, I guess I help them. It doesn't, I don't know. So we might be there. We might. Um, take care of yourselves for example. But we will definitely see you next semester. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Okay. T-Y. Bye. Bye. Bye.